Hey, Jake Roberts here. You know, it's hard to find love in this world. Everybody wants to take it, but nobody wants to give it, man. Sure, I tried dating sites. Who hasn't? I tried Match.com. Why do you talk like that? J-Date. Is that a snake in a bag? Farmers only. You're weird. I didn't have the credibility, man. I wasn't a farmer. I wasn't a Jewish guy, man. I lied, man. I abused my power. So I decided to make my own dating site called WrestlersOnly.com. When you're lonely and looking for love, that's when Damien and I go to work. We find women who like the wrestler's lifestyle. If you want to find Mrs. Right or just Miss Right Now, sign up today. You don't have to be lonely at WrestlersOnly.com. Sign up today. Trust me. Way down in Georgia, there lives a strange collection of people. But the tie that binds them is WrestleMatch. And they love to sit around and talk about it. And that's what they're fixing to do. Georgia Wrestling History proudly presents the WrestleMen of Whoopcast. We got Shane, Brian, feeling two mats. We got a grandpa too. An old foot and shot. Yes, you know they finna get right. It's the wrestle me. They talk about wrestling. Giving guys, <laughs> oh, folks, if you ain't living like us, you are fucking up. Uh, because the wrestle men have got on the road, we are nestled in a undisclosed location in the palatial cabin that I somehow found online. That somebody's now telling me could have gotten for free, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I've left most of my electronics at home to get away from nature, so we're recording this on cell phones. So if it sounds poor, tough titty, we're full of chicken and cheer wine and beer and good spirits, and we're going to sit around here and we're going to talk about wrestle match. Ain't that right, Tootsies? Yes. Damn right it is, Tootsies. Damn right it is. <laughs> so Brother Bill had an idea earlier before we got on the old road. You got to introduce everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's been so long. Everybody, some of you guys I haven't seen in a while. That's Shard. Uh, Cosby Defender. That's right. He just made a gesture like that would be red. (laughs) You say it with a smile, Foot. That's Foot. Cosby, a hater. I don't hate Cosby. I just hate Cosby. I hate Raven. That's Bill. Rape is bad. Rape is bad. That's Myers. I'm Matt. And that down there is Brian Blaze, typically wearing a Batman shirt. That I think might be an also be an Iron Maiden font. So we are really bucking all the stereotypes here tonight, guys. Uh, we, you'll be happy to know that uh, the, the white people next door have checked in to make sure Bill's okay. They did not check on me. Did not check on Myers. I think the beard might have been a problem. Yeah. That's what scared him off. Look thought a mountain man of your stature. You belong here in the Tennessee Hills. Yeah. We are sitting here in the cradle of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. 
Pretty excited. I wish Bluegrass Bash or Bluegrass Ball, yeah. Bluegrass Ball, Brawl <laughs> for All. I wish that big cornet show was going on tonight. But, as I was saying, Bill proposed this to me as a topic, and I think he's got a very good idea. Um, wrestling, currently, is more about the action in the ring overall in the big landscape. Action in the ring more so than the storytelling uh, outside of the ring. Um, except for in the WWE. And so, Bill proposed that have they, because the times have changed, do they have essentially one hand tied behind their back because they have to be a television program that tells episodic stories night after night, and the rest of the wrestling world just is going to balls out and do crazy spots um, that kind of tell a little story here or there. You know, you get a little booking. Um but not nearly as much as they have to do. So we're going to take this in sort of two two areas. A, is that true? Are they sort of behind the eight ball because of the way they have to do business? And B, are they doing too much storytelling when it is possible to get by with less? Bill, this was your idea, so lead us off. All right. Um, well, I think, I don't necessarily think it's a thing where they're doomed by it. I think it's just, it's, by virtue of being the top American company, that's something they have to put in the forefront. Having all their production and having all the things, it's a. I think it's it's actually a, a result of of people. Heyman always says his whole thing was exemplify your positives, hide your weaknesses. Yeah. and so they never they they did stories, but not to the degree because they couldn't keep up. They couldn't do production. They couldn't yeah. do the vignettes. They couldn't do all that shit. And so they, they put it into product, which is a good idea. And I think that model went forward. But I think if you look at New Japan, I mean, to be fair, I don't speak Japanese. So I don't necessarily know if they're right. doing a bunch of storylines. But honestly, from what I've observed, it's guy gets attacked or guy challenges for belt. They have match. They're good. Move along. It's not. I mean, and, and that's not I'm not saying it as a, you know, like Naito has a long drawn out story with the Intercontinental title. Sure. Belt. But that's the exception, not the rule. But and Naito doesn't have to escalate that story every week with some guy in a twenty-minute promo to start the show, and and uh, he doesn't have to worry about how what's going on on social media and all these other things that go into telling a three-hour story on TV. Um, they it's it's the way they want to do business, and quite frankly, the way they have to do it because three hours is a long time to fill, and their primary uh, source of revenue is the TV contract, and TV is sold on storylines. You know, it, they're they're clearly not an actual sport. Mm-hmm. That is not what they are. So they have to tell these stories. Um, so, Myers, do you think that because that's the way they have to do it, are they telling their stories poorly, or does the does the medium that they're in sort of constrain the way that they have to tell the stories? You know, because I think about how, sorry, I'm trying to be loud enough, because <laughs> uh, I know it's all these, I'm always like, I'm talking really loudly, and I'm not, <laughs> so I'm trying to be louder this week. Um, you know, because I think of like soap operas, soap operas used to work on, you had to run five days a week for one hour, and you had to move all of those stories along day to day, and they did it every 52 weeks a year, yeah. they did it, and there, there was no break for them either. So I don't feel too bad for wrestling that they're in that same boat. <laughs> 
because you do it. Right. And that can be done. Yeah, it can be done. And they just have to move things along more slowly, which is kind of why the AJ Nakamura feud works because they're moving it along more slowly, but it is making progress. Stuff has to happen. I think it's just hard with three hours a night because you're having, let's say in every show, there's going to be maybe six or seven storylines. Yeah. Maybe there are things that they're trying to move along and be like, okay, this guy's a winner. This guy's a loser. Some things are a little bit more in depth. So I think it's possible. And that's why they have that large roster of writers to go along with that, which everybody hates because they're like, Oh no, it used to be so much simpler. That's not wrestling. That's not wrestling. That's some other thing. Right. But it's not, it's not as easy as that anymore because you, you, you do have to move things along. People can feel whenever things aren't, are being served. So it's possible. I just think it's hard. Yeah, and so you brought up a point there with they might be telling six or seven stories, but sometimes they might be telling like two or three stories. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that they? Do you think there is a good balance with? Here's the main thing we're trying to tell. Here's this other thing that's really cool we're trying to tell, and then here's the mid card where there's a little bit here, a little bit there. Or do they do? Do they focus too much on the top? Do you get too much top story and not enough? Uh, middle story to, to so that it makes it appear that the top story is not being in your face every five minutes. I think because there's not a clear delineation anymore, uh, as clear a delineation of like person who's an enhancement person, person who's in mid card, person who's in the upper card, and person who's a main eventer. That's where it gets hard because it used to, when the way the way we I think most of us were taught was when you're starting out you're just introducing your character yeah. when you're in the mid card you bring the wrestling and when you're in the upper card you you pay it all off yeah so with that not being with that being more murky I think it's harder to make that a thing because yeah. everything all things are equal and that's hard yeah Brian do you think that they're telling their story now take it we'll take out the third hour because I think that that is part of it that <laughs> if if I had to watch Lord of the Rings every Monday night I'd hate Lord of the Rings it's just too much to consume especially in today's in, in today times where you just got to compete with all this other stuff you know do you think that they've always told stories in this structure or do you see a market difference between when you really like WWE versus now when we're all just kind of like ah, it exists we like it sometimes it's a bigger difference I, I think simply because of the social media. And, like, they kind of let kayfabe get away from them to, to a certain extent because some, some people still worship and then a lot of people don't. Yeah. And, like, way back when, or when we was early 2000s, might affect, they were still trying. Yeah. It was like, all right, these are wrestlers. These are our supernatural guys. And yeah. Then, then there's everybody in between. Yeah. And so you just got to find where you lie out. Nowadays, it's just like, oh, yeah, we're best friends. But we got to fight for a title. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Boo. Yeah. It's- no, you make a good point in that clearly kayfabe has been dead for most of our lifetimes as far as like the, the big line, like the we didn't even smart enough the boys who were coming to train. That line is long since passed. Right. But. You can attempt it. Like we talked, we were talking a lot. We did several podcasts on the way up here <laughs> that we should have recorded. Uh, if I know it, I was going to be using my phone. Um, but at any rate, we talked about how Chris Jericho is, I said he was the last great worker as far as the, the keeper of kayfabe in that he has been very candid in a lot of ways with a lot of people that when he says, you know, a couple weeks ago, I, I couldn't work it out with New Japan. I, I guess my run there is done. 
that you believe him and you take that as, okay, that's it. And so then he shows up and you're shocked and you're, you're caught off guard because he kept the work going. Um, you can do it, but do they just, why are they choosing not to do it? I, I honestly don't know. If you got some, I, I think part of it is a lack of patience. Yeah. I can um, see that. And the other thing is that I think, I think they don't believe it'll work to begin with and they're not willing to give it the time to see if it'll work. I, also, I think, again, putting the blame on Vince, because, like, tri- Triple H down in NXT, he's giving those guys time. Like, biggest example, the Ascension. Because, yeah. like, on NXT, the Ascension was, everybody's like, man, I can't wait till these guys make it to the main roster. But down there, Triple H gave the time, gave those guys time to marinate to get that gimmick over. Yeah. And then when they got to the main event, it was like, all right, let's – Let's try to get this gimmick over. And then after two weeks, it wasn't getting over. After three right. weeks, it wasn't getting over. After four weeks, it's like, take those guys off TV. Right. And they went in. So, and that was another weird sort of kayfabe thing that happened with that. You brought them up in particular. They had them go out and cut that promo about how all the old teams were shitty and they were great, which used to be what a heel promo was. Yeah. And then the backlash was, hey, who are those guys? What, what do they think they've proved? And you're getting that from actual wrestlers who I don't know if they were just – like Brian said, the social media of it, if they were trying to just help the work along, you know, of course they would be offended. Just help the work along. But then what happens is people see that, take it as as law, take it as, as the truth. And so then the backlash comes to those guys to say, hey, why'd you go out there and make all those old guys mad? So <laughs> I don't know what told you told us who. I don't, I don't know if it, because it, it, back in the day, it was more about now how are you going to make money off that? Yes. And I yes. don't think that's as much of a thing that people focus on. Because you think like, oh, they're going to go cut this promo. They're going to get all the uh, old guys and shit on them. Yep. Then how are you going to make money on that? Right. I, right, right, I see right. how they could get it. Because I mean, at the time, not too late after that, they brought the New Age Outlaws back. Should have so you could have paid off yeah. right there. Make, make money. That's, yep. it. that's it. That's it. Like, just make it into something. Yeah. That's funny too, because that's what the New Age Outlaws did with the Legion. Absolutely. And, and I think that, that I think you hit on a big part of why while we're talking about them telling stories but why it doesn't feel like it works as well is they don't have to make money off the stories they tell anymore they have to create content mm-hmm. they have to sell advertisement they have to make sure that the network deal comes in big and it really is going to come in big at 400 million just for raw um, so that's where their focus is they have to make sure that network subscriptions are fine they have to make sure all that stuff so having talking people into the building is no longer something they're focused on. I think part of it too, when we're talking about how they have three hours to fill, not only do they have more time to fill, but they have to fill it with more things because you used to be able to have a 20 minute match. That wasn't that much. And now you can, you can get away with an eight to 10 and it's got to be explosive. Yeah. And then you got to go again and again and again and again. Tootsies. You've been quiet. No, I was going to come in with Conversation about the money. Up, about about making the money. Sorry, about making notes. the money off of the match itself. They're more focused on making the money off of merch. Like if you get popular with these people, you're not wrong. Huh? You're so not wrong pushing, at all, buddy. You're pushing popularity instead of an God bless what you're And right. they kind of still relying on those people that they already making money off of. Because it's like yeah. if we make a million dollars off John Cena, why do we care about uh? Uh, anybody no Jose. Who, Why do we yeah. have shit about No Way Jose? Right. If John Cena's selling shirts, yeah, you know, if Heath Slater's I Got Kids shirt pops off, <laughs> then you're probably going to, I mean, and no better example of that than the New Day, who were an afterthought. You know, they were, they were this gimmick that 
didn't work. Um, they didn't understand what they were doing with it. And those guys just went out there and busted their asses. They worked sort of in spite of what the company was having them do. They just worked and figured out how to get this thing over. And now, you know, they're in the top five of the merch sellers. And so they are ubiquitous now. They're everywhere and they're being used. Quite frankly, they're used as good as anybody in that company in the capacity that they should be in. If you need to take them serious, you can. If you need to laugh at them or more laugh with them, you can. If you need to stick them up in a feud with the Usos that's going to steal the show, you can. If you need to have them host WrestleMania, all of that works um, <coughs> because those guys sort of saw through. They, they navigated the cracks and the crevices and got in through the back door. And one of them even survived having a sex tape come out. <laughs> so it was consensual. Did not survive. He's also got, I mean, he's got that YouTube channel. Yes. And I think that, I mean. Not that, not that they're in danger any other way. They're they're fucking killing it. But even if they weren't, the amount of content and views that they get on that is kind of a fountain of youth for them. Yeah, because they can always go and look at how much we're bringing. Yeah, that, that may be the real thing that we're getting at. Is it's not necessarily that they're crippled by having to tell stories. What they are crippled by is having to create so much content. Yeah, it is just that is king. We were talking after the podcast we did last week. Matter of, I don't know if it's good or not. I know we made an hour of content, and that is sort of the world that we live in now. That yeah. content is king. Every every device you have in your home is a way to get content from a thousand different stores. We came into this cabin that we're in today. I had forgotten some key things that I needed for us to watch wrestling tonight. But guess what? It's got a box downstairs. There's apps on it. We can log in and do this thing and do that. And you have to have constant content to fill all that stuff up. You can't consume it all. So even if they were telling great stories, it would still get washed under the deluge of all the hours and hours a week that you have to devote. Somebody was asking me the other day, like, you watch wrestling on Monday night? I was like, yeah, I watch Monday night and I watch Tuesday night. I typically skip the Wednesday show. Um, Thursday night, I might watch a little bit. It's like, Jesus Christ, I can't give you 14 hours a week. Shark! What do you think? <clears throat> well, Vince said a long time ago that they want a wrestling company. That's they absolutely true. And it has finally manifested itself to the That he is producing content. That is what he is here to produce. Did you see that they put out 20 hours of pay-per-view last month in itself? Just 20. Just last month, really. 20 yeah. hours. Of, wait, they had five hours for the rump. For well, the retro rump. my bad. They, they, they including the Hall of Fame. But without, okay. the, without the Hall of Fame, WrestleMania. Seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had the World's Greatest Rumble, which they worked themselves into. Yep. And then five backlash, hours. And then Backlash, which was still four hours. And Backlash was like, it went up at 11.30 with rest holds in the main event. Mm-hmm. It's content, boys. And actually, and I think that hurts them in another way is that there used to be. In the butt? In the butt. <laughs> in the worst way, guys. <laughs> you haven't learned anything. In the back of a Volkswagen. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it, it used to be there, things could end in a cliffhanger. And then afterwards, they'd have an after show. And then they were like, hey, by the way, there was this cliffhanger. So let's talk to the people who were in that cliffhanger. And I was always like, no! No! Why next week! Hook no, them! Drag them! Back. To next week. Instead, well, they're like, have to explain that. We didn't get to hear from Bill and Foot and Shard on this, so we'll touch on it now because this really is it really is bothering. It's the thing I'm most angry at in wrestling is the reaction of the average fan to the Nakamura Styles program. Clearly, I am biased. <laughs> um, I want this program to succeed because I think Nakamura needs it to succeed for him to be able to accomplish the things that he can 
in this country. Um, but the fans, clearly foot, don't know how a program works anymore. Yes. So does that get under your get under your crawl as much as it does mine? Does that really grind your gears, Tootsie's? <laughs> uh, hearing people complain. Well, about that specifically. About that. Do specifically, I have the same complaints? Yeah, yeah. What, no, really no, no, I don't have the same complaints. Uh, yep. I, I, no, it's just funny. The endings are funny. Okay. I love them. The fucking SmackDown ending is my favorite ending of the year. Nakamura going full Eddie Guerrero and pretending that he got hit in the nuts. is the best. I couldn't have done it no better myself. Do, do you think, Shard, is that the great dividing line between people who are in the business and people who are currently just fans of this. Because we are certainly all fans of it. I don't want to pro- profess that we're not. We love this shit. Um, but is that the difference right now in how people consume this? That those of us that are in can see that this is how a program works. And those of us that are out are sort of using the other zeitgeist of sort of the give it to me now. Everything's on demand. I want to see the end of this feud. Is that the dividing line? You no, know, it's, it's simply put that. Everybody's attention span is about as long as a fucking frog's left. Frog's left. I think of a frog with Johnny. I frog's left nut. I did too. Yeah, I did think you were going to say frog's left nut. I'm stealing that. I really was the exact same of mine. But the fucking tree frog. You know, okay. all right. It's, it, everybody wants it. Yeah. That's the problem. Whereas when we were growing up, you, well, perfect example Hogan, fucking a savage. Yeah. Mania, mania. Mania to mania, it went. Yeah. I can't, you, we can't, we can't fathom a program going mania to mania. Are you sure about that? Hell, that's a long time ago, boys. I, I was talking about, uh, Roman and Brock. Cause that literally went. <laughs> okay, you're, you're not wrong, but except for Brock shows up six yeah, times a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. There's a difference in that. No, I'm just, I'm saying. I, I, I just, get what yeah. you want, but the difference in that is, is that, with that, they, they made the illusion that they weren't going to put Roman back in there where you knew you right. Hogan and Savage. Right. Hogan and Savage. Yeah. Yeah. You knew this is the beginning. This is the end. We want to see the end. Whereas now it's do this, 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 this. Is that, is that part of it too? Is we never get actual conclusions. Like, are we certain that the Braun and Roman feud is ended? And if we are certain that it ended, who won it? Who won that damn feud? I'm going to go by the way Roman got his ass. I know you're never going to say Roman won anything. So that goes without saying. But I, but I'm saying I don't recall a grand finale. No, it just it kind of just stopped. I think they're afraid of doing firm blow-offs because the... the uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Have we been drinking already? Yes, we have. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Your mind's really going down. (laughs) No, I I think that they're a a definitive blow-off. They're afraid of definitive blow-offs because they're like, well, we may have to see this John Cena-Randy Orton match a couple hundred times more, so let's not really blow it off. Which is funny because they have such a large roster right now that we can come up with new stories and give us definitive rosters. You're 100% right. Yeah. Yeah. They could. All right, so let's, let's switch then to the other side of it. Um, your New Japans, your your big indies, your ROHs, your uh, PWRs, your TNTs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I thought you said PWG, but you said PWR. But like, we told a hell of a story at PWR. They uh, <laughs> they are allowed to primarily focus on the action in the ring, but tell some light stories. 
Um, are they doing it the way it was always done? And we have now been conditioned by WWE for it to be so story heavy that we now think that that's sort of new and avant-garde when really they're just doing Mid-South. Matt Mars. <laughs> Uh, and because uh, I always think that there used to be a story that in Memphis, in the booking office, they had a sign by uh, Turn it off. <laughs> oh, God. Damn, LeBaron is going crazy. Please. Uh, in Jerry Jarrett's office, they had a sign that said, You take your. Personal issues sell uh, tickets. Yes. And then yes. that's the, that's the thing yes. that moves things. Uh, and so I think things are booked differently now. I, I don't believe in, because everybody says like, oh, well, there's a, there's a small group of fans that are dictating to everyone, and that's the knowledgeable fans. I don't really believe I that. I don't believe it is. Because I think those are the people who chant for AJ, AJ Styles, yep. Daniel Bryan, that, that that is now encompassing everything. And I think the smart fan is most fans. The fan. Yeah. Sure. You know what I think? I think you got to speak up, sweet daddy. I mean, that too, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but I, honestly, if you ask me what I think the real problem is, nobody's emotionally attached to any of these fucking wrestlers anymore. I wish I could argue with it, but I can't. Who's the most, who, okay, who, the guys you see people emotionally attached to, Daniel Bryan, AJ, uh, Nakamura, Oscar, fuck. For a second, Bailey. Yeah, barely down, down, down in NXT, NXT certainly. Yeah. Johnny Gargano right now may okay. be Gargano. number two <laughs> yep. as far as people who are just beloved. I don't see anyone that has the, the vitriol that Ciampa has. No, 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 no. Ciampa's the only guy who's got real heat because he's got an actual living, breathing baby face that he's being mean to. But go ahead. But the point, the point is, though, is that nobody has the most. Not Brock, not Roman, not fucking nobody. Nobody. Nobody's and loved or was, hated. And that was the thing that drove, if, if you're going to use the stories, that was what drove me. Yes. Some type of emotional yes. attachment. Yep. We're talking about Bruno. You yep. don't know why all those fucking Italians cried? Yep. They, they loved had it. emotional attachment. They loved it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Spicy meat to balls. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's what got them. Fucking Hogan. All them goddamn kids. They loved it. Cena. All them goddamn kids. Yep. Taylor. Yep. You're right. Fucking emotional attachment. Yep. You're Nobody not wrong. has it now. You're not wrong at all. And I don't know how you solve that problem. In any level. They, you, I think they book it that way. I think they... Part of me feels like they're afraid to pick a side, which is why we end up with... Cena was the first one, but it's why we have a Reign, Roman Reigns now. Yeah. The same way, where they're like, well, they're, they're getting a reaction. The thing is, they're getting a... What it, what ends up mixing out to be a neutral reaction. Yeah. I think the reaction to Roman isn't necessarily Roman getting a reaction. I think it's no, the it's fans reacting to the book. Roman's no, book. No, it is the same thing now where, where every single match, as soon as one chant starts for someone, the other one starts yeah. too. Because yeah. that's what they're supposed and, to do now. And they, you're right. It is all a call and response game that everybody plays. And that's why I would, I always argued that Daniel Bryan was not as over as people thought he was because the yes chant was certainly over. But I, I always thought that people were just waiting for the comeback. Like they weren't, they weren't hoping for the comeback because he was getting his ass kicked. Please, please come back. They were just like, okay, we'll wait around. And then it's our time to go. Yes, yes, yes. And do the kicks and do the thing. Sabata, sabata, sabata. Yay. We're happy. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. But that damn retirement. 
Well, that's what I was just going to say. But Daniel Bryan had the good sense to go have a seizure at ringside. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to work that gimmick. Get shut down for a few years and now get to come back. And I do think now it is, but it's a different kind of emotion. I think it's gone already. Though. You think I, it's gone already? I think when he when he came back, I think they even talked to you no, about it. Yeah. I was like, do you hear these how long people? Gonna be? Yeah, and like how much they're giving him. They gave him the best silence, like the, the, yeah, like the good silence. Reverence. Give it to me. Were yes, they, they, were, they were actually listening to yes. what he was saying. Was um, that on him or was that on him being booked with Cass? No, 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 no. No. I don't think so. I think that I think that Jeter's right. Although that, it might be now. That we've lost some of that emotional connection. But he should have had it. He should have he should be the guy who has it because yeah. he has the actual thing. Like there should be real fear. When you watch a Daniel Bryan match, now. when he does, you should be scared. Kick. It would be. We he, are. It would be if he is still damn near wrestling the same fucking style. If they made okay, put it this way: when Sean came back, when he feuded with Triple H, they made such a big point about his fucking back. Yeah, every match, yeah. Triple H fucked with his back. Yeah, he took a sledgehammer, and hit this motherfucker in the back of the back. Oh, it's top of the neck, but yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm just saying, I like that match. It was, it was right there. But yeah, they, they did a good job of selling it. But they sold it. They made it with Brian. Yeah. The only thing he's changed, he doesn't fucking dive anymore. Right. Yeah. My match. I think. Uh, oh, sorry. Were you going to go? <laughs> no, you can go first. Because okay. I, I, I think that goes into the emotional connection. Uh, because if they, if fans feel like they already know what's going to happen, there's not that emotional yeah. connection. So it's harder. I mean, you feel emotionally involved with him because it's like, oh, he had a legit injury. And then as it gradually gets changed where it's like, okay, he's okay, then you lose the connection. I, I was reading an article about how people want to watch sports live because they believe that their presence has an effect on Without the outcome. Without a doubt, as a person who watches a fuckload of live sports, right. I've held remote controls in weird situations. <laughs> Just <laughs> the fingers. Honestly, that's why I want you to turn this off. <laughs> you think about turning LeBron <laughs> to Cause, Yeah, because <laughs> watching it, they're going to win, but... But no, that is the exact thing. Watch so, me. Yeah. It, it's different with fans knowing that because they don't believe that their presence has an effect on the outcome. Yes. And so that's why the people who get who they. Or at all. Huh? <laughs> or at all. Or at all. Yeah. yeah. It, but that's why I think they latch on to people like Braun because we were talking about in the last podcast that they felt like they made him. Yeah. So there's an emotional investment. Yes. So even if they don't think I'm willing him to win, they can be like, well, I'm going to at least fuck up your show. That's my guy. And I'll hijack it if you don't do it, my guy. Yeah. Man, that's a good point about like the. No, the, and I think that's the primary thing for Reigns is that. They're just, he's essentially a, a walking fuck you. He is. Because the fans are like, we don't want him. And yeah. Vince is like, yeah, right. pal. look at him. Look at him. Yeah. Damn it. But, ah, it. can't wait to put him on Good Morning America. Ah, ah. We, <laughs> somehow we managed to stay on that same side. Yeah. Because, like, we're talking about emotional ta- attachment and watching New Japan. The crowd has an, an emotional attachment to just about every last one of them. Just about guys. everybody. Uh, in just, some way, shape, or form, they're emotionally attached to everybody some way. And I think it might be the Japanese crowd, or, or no, it might it be is, us. It might be the Americans. Was talking to me about this when she came back from Japan. Like, they actually have, like, a stigma if you like everybody. So you'll have a... It's okay to... Uh, it's okay to be appreciative of somebody's work, but you'll have a whole group of people dedicated to one wrestler. Oh, so yeah. Don't be I'm, emotionally invested in that one person. Because I'm sure that yeah. sa- yeah. that one person that's yelling out Kenny every yeah. time, I, <laughs> that is the same person every time. Yeah. <laughs> that person goes on tour with them. <laughs> she's in Osaka. She's in wherever. <laughs> I'll convince that fan <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, because, yeah. like, 
dumb TT Tanahashi story. <laughs> like for real, his story kind of is what got him on. Like he was dating that girl that didn't like him, so she stabbed him up a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> and like the crowd's like, no, fucking Tanahashi. And <laughs> and fucking New Japan, they ran with it. It's like, well, the crowd feels that emotional about him. Let's see what we can do. Let's run it. And he was their star for 10 years. So to bring it back, the way that the indies are trying to create emotion, and I think it works to some extent, is is by or the sympathy or the empathy for the guys is coming from, that looked like it really hurt. Yeah. yeah. So yes. you, you have empathy for them because, man, that looked like you fucking killed yes. him. That's how they're trying to do it. Instead of storylines, instead of characters, yeah. it's, man, he really nailed him with that forearm. Yeah. And I, I think it's a very short and And also, nobody... I don't think anybody watching an indie show, even though they, they don't... They might not know how it all works, but they don't think that those guys go out and, and get on a tour bus and stay in a hotel. And some of those guys, you know, even if they're, even if they're working guys whose job is wrestling, they still know that, that guy's got to load up those stupid t-shirts... Put them in a car, go from town to town, unload them. It becomes like indie band. It becomes how you support a band rather than how you support a wrestler. You know, you, you're not thinking of them in those terms. Like, I want this guy to make it. You are rooting for this guy. So I believe if he has a good match here and if he goes over, that is a sign that he is being, that he's going to make it. So that's how you wind up rooting for these dudes. So yeah, it is an easier way, um, to, to get an emotional investment because of, you can't have that thing for, any guy on the main roster, you're like, oh, this fucker's making, you know, X thousand dollars a year. And he, yeah, he's on the road 300 days a year, but who wouldn't want to be on the road three days a year if you get to drive around and eat cool catering and live with the bus and all that shit? Bill. I also think pain is a primal language in that. I thought we were going to miss a moon song. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's the idea that a lot of, we'll say indie style for lack of a better term. Um, is a lot higher spots, harder hitting, yeah, more damage, and you can see it, and you can see them keep going through it. Even though you know it's fake, you see Osprey's one that gets me a lot, yeah, because he clearly looks like he's in real pain, yes, in every and sometimes he is <laughs> because yeah, and and it's pop, the in a weird way, and I don't think they're doing it on purpose. It's a new kayfabe in the sense that like he might actually be hurt right now, yeah, in this. Even though it's a fake thing, yep. he's getting really hurt. He's still going. Yep. And when and you, you can get behind when that. you see Osprey on New Japan TV bust his face wide open doing a Spanish flama apron, and then a week later Have you, not you seen see that? him in New Orleans wrestling, you know, at two p.m. on this thing, six p.m. over here. You do you do understand? I yes. saw that guy get hurt. I saw him do it. How in the world is he doing this? How is Matt Riddle wrestling this uh, Suzuki here and then here and then here and then here? Those guys appear to be working much harder when in actuality, fucking Seth Rollins has to go out there and do a 12 minute match at that caliber Every night. No, he's not taking some of the crazy bumps that those guys take, but he has to do it every night. But he's a good example, too, though. They get behind him, and I think it's about the same idea. I yeah. was, was going to say that when we were talking about it earlier. I think they're doing a real good job. Miz and Rollins. They're the best. Respectively. They're, they're doing a good job of trying of trying to make something feel real and okay, get some kind of stay emotion on those out two. of them. Stay on those two. Do we think that those guys have been that WWE has done a good job with them or that those guys have gotten over in spite of the regular booking? I would say, at least in Mrs. case, it's on it's 
by booking because most of his situation is in uh, highlight reels and stuff that he's giving. You know, it's interview segments. That he, Certainly his he rises without the, a doubt. Yeah, he rises to yes, the I think, I think you're right. But they give him that. They, they give say, him a go thing, do this. Not, here's a match, I don't give a fuck. I think with both of those guys, you can point to one thing that exploded them. It was Miz's feud with Cena going into Mania mm-hmm. in a match that ultimately was a, a match that was put there strictly to get a, a, a proposal for marriage at the end, mm-hmm. and then a fucking <laughs> you you work a divorce in, and then you work it back together. That's what that match was for. But Miz chewed it up and made the absolute most out of it, and got himself completely over. And he somehow ma- managed to, like you're talking about the smart fans. He did. He spoke for them. He said everything about Cena that they wanted to say, but he's so good and so good at being unlikable that even though they cheered for him, as soon as that feud was over, right back to hating him and the right way. It was not going yeah, away. Yeah. It was it was like heel heat. Seth Rollins, he's moving along. He's doing okay. He got those god-awful pants, and I thought, this is it. He's ruined himself with those terrible, terrible pants. You hate him. No but then they me. threw him in that gauntlet. And they let him just do what he does best, and which was perform in that gauntlet. He didn't win it, which he shouldn't have won it. And then that's the thing that blew him up. Like, holy shit, this dude can wrestle literally an hour and a half. Can you believe this guy can go this long? And they've loved him ever since. And that is purely booking. Yes, the performances certainly are what got, what what made it look like on TV. But somebody had to have the idea. Let's put Miz in this spot. Let's put Seth Rollins in this spot. So they can do it. I, to counter that, though, to bullshit, what, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> is it bullshit? Uh, no, to, to what you were saying earlier is that they have so much content that needs to be filled. I don't know if they give a shit if the highlight reel goes well. Oh, wow. they're like, they're like, hey, we'll go out there and do a highlight reel. And Twelve talk minutes, this guy. we ain't got to worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, I think it's just it. They they take that ball and run with it. Uh, I I kind of get that feeling on so on some spots. Because it's like, watching is like, who allowed this shit to happen out here? Right. It's like, come on, y'all know y'all can do better than that. And you just get the feeling like, you and you go out there, eight minutes, just do some yeah, shit. Yeah, because like, to, where's this going? To Matt's point, which is counter to the point that I just made, the same minds that came up with put Seth in this thing, let him go, put Miz in this thing, are the same ones that did the Alexa Bliss uh, fucking... Was it this is your life? What was that thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like it, 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 yes, it was. It was hot garbage. It was awful. It was an awful, awful segment that you could feel people like the people revolted against it, but they also you felt like they waited as long as they possibly could. Like I want this to work because we want to like Bailey. We, a lot of us remember what she was, but man, this ain't working. We got to just shit on it. Tootsies? I had a question. I just a question, like on who. Or who do you put the blame for that? Because honestly, like this bully, this bully campaign is working. So was it Alexa Bliss's fault that that first thing didn't work? Wow! Wow! Or was it that we weren't behind Bailey as much as we thought? I'm, I'm always going to err on the side of when a, a segment fails, when a heel is driving a segment to get heat. I'm always going to err on the side of the babyface isn't strong enough. Because hmm. I think you can do anything if the babyface is strong enough. Strong baby can get you away with so much. And that is what they struggle with. Is that lack of strength on her, though, or is that on them? On them. <sighs> See, I think, I think so, too. Not me, because yeah. the way Bailey, the way Bailey was on NXT, because there's like no way that she should have came to 
raw and failed as hard as she yeah. did. Yeah. No, I, I mean, whoever booked her in that fucking pole match. Yeah. 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 That was, like, she still didn't get her lick back from that. I'm still No. No. Exactly. <laughs> because they made. And then, you know, the same thing. The, bad the decision. Flash point I talked about. Yeah. She gave, she didn't give the belt back. Yep. That's just, it's. And yeah. that is decisions that they make for her. And I, I just, that, I think that. I, the, she has too many people around her. Like, she could have been like, look, this is what they want me to do. I don't think that this is right. She I don't that, it doesn't work like that. I don't that. think anybody. It doesn't work like that on that level no more. No. I don't think anybody who's not named John Cena or The Undertaker or Dwayne Johnson or Dwayne Johnson, quite frankly, or Chris Jericho. Steve. I don't Austin. think anybody who's not named them that's on that current <laughs> roster really can get away with that. I think that no. you just look at the cast. Yeah, you know, cast wanted to beat up that damn midget and like so so yeah, let's talk about that for a yeah. second. Yeah. Sorry, have you heard about that? The looking was so, right on that. So no. big oh, they, yeah. they bring out a midget Daniel Bryan for big cast to make fun of. And on the what happened on TV was Cass hits the midget with the boot, gets on and gives him some forearms, really roughs the midget up good. It was. A, I laughed. I enjoy the midget segment. One hundred percent of the time, I will enjoy that segment. Was not supposed to happen like that. Right. The booking was just give him the boot, and then his performance was, "Well, I'm really going to land to the midget." <laughs> when you say it like that, you have to side with it. But so Cass goes to the agents backstairs, backstairs, <laughs> backstage, <laughs> and says, "Hey, maybe I should. I'll give him the boot. Maybe give him a little more." Never no, don't no. do that. So Cass then goes over by his head, goes to Vince. Vince and says, hey, here's what they said. Here's what I think. And Vince says, no, I appreciate you coming to me, but no, let's just keep it the way. You know, give him the boot. You're seven foot tall. A boot from you should be enough. And maybe he's right. But Cass goes and does the thing. And so then there's, you oh, know, he's definitely right. the internet explodes that uh, oh, Cass has got heat. So I always take those things with a grain of salt. But then Tuesday night, I see Cass interrupt. Uh-uh. Remember. Pay per view was after that. He lost to Brian in seven he, he minutes. He tapped out to the pay per view after that. Seven and then minutes. Come Tuesday night, Daniel Bryan's cutting the promo. Cash uh-huh. interrupts him. Too much shit happened. It was two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, he wasn't on that. He wasn't on the following SmackDown. Yep. And then this last SmackDown, he's out there talking shit about. Well, Daniel Bryan's out there. He comes out there talking shit. Daniel Bryan whoops his leg, put him in the heel hook, <laughs> mm-hmm. and just, just taps him. You know, he's, he's he's helpless in the middle of the ring. And guess now. Guess who Cass has drawn in his next match for qualifying for Money in the Bank? Joe. Samoa fucking Joe. Oh, his hands out. Yeah. So, I think the evidence is clear that Cass must have heat because I can't imagine. I said he was going to get the heat from Enzo. And he turned around and I'm not taking no heat for no rapist. I'm gonna get my own heat. And Shard, that is no use. As I see. Fuck y'all. Because it should be just across the board. Just to say Shard's opinion and statements does not reflect this company. Alright, folks, this is gonna be a nightmare for me to edit, so I'm not gonna record anymore <laughs> right now. Um, we've had a hoot and a half. We've gotten ourselves somehow to 40 minutes of content, and that is all that matters. If you can find me nestled in the hills of Tennessee, Tiger Mask, please take me home.